Oh, no, oh, no. I'm lost! Where's the light? It just went away. What do I do? Help! We'll be stuck here forever. Do not panic. Do not panic. We are trained professionals. Now stay calm. We are going around the leaf. Around the leaf? I, I, I don't think we can do that. Oh, nonsense. This is nothing compared to the twig of 93. That's it. That's it. Good. You're doing great. There you go. There you go. Watch my eyes. Don't look away. And here's the line again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Soil. <laughs> Good job, everybody. During the twig of 93, raise your hand. Three, raise your hand. How many of you? All right, man, you survived. We're glad to see you. Hey, whether it was the twig of 93, the recession of 08, the child of 2003, whether it was the job change in 1995, whatever it is that has been your leaf, I'm glad that you've survived it. I'm glad that you made your way around it. And I know that at some point in time you were thinking, I don't think we can do this. I don't think we can go around. I don't think we can make it. I don't know where the line is. What do I do? I can't see what's going to come up right in front of me. Maybe it's the graduation of 2022. Maybe it's the marriage of 2024. Maybe it is something that you don't even see yet. And there's that leap and it's falling. And you're already starting to get anxious. Your hands are sweating as I'm talking about this. As you're thinking about all the leaves that have fallen in your way. I want you also to think about all those individuals who said, you can do it. You know, you can do it. Watch my eyes. Stay with me. Walk in my steps. Listen to my voice. Follow where I've already been, and I'll take you around. I'll make sure that you get back to the line. You know, in the earliest days of Christianity, the believers in Jesus as Messiah, they've been walking in this nice and straight Jerusalem line, and they had devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to their the fellowship, to the, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. They met in one another's homes. They shared communion with one another. They shared these meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while they were praising God and they were enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those that were being saved. And then everything changed as a great leaf of persecution began to slowly but surely fall in their path. And persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were, were scattered throughout Judea, throughout Samaria. These believers, well, they had to leave their homes. They had to give up their businesses. They were separated from their families and friends. They were forced to trade the known for the unknown. They didn't know what was going to come next. Uncertainty became commonplace. They had to make difficult decisions about just what they were going to do literally to survive. Because life as they had forever known it was forever changed. So how about you? For the last month, we have been talking and sharing wisdom about what to do before you go. For whatever that next step is. How about, how about you? Any leaves dropped in your path recently? Can you not clearly see where to go because of uncertainty or, or fear or confusion? I want you to know if that's you, you're in good company. And it's why last week, Sean introduced you all to a concept that, that describes what these new followers of Jesus were experiencing. Remember, he referred to this idea of liminal space, that space that is in between. You, you, you are starting, but you're not there. You're, you're ending, but it's not all the way over. 
you don't really know what's going to happen. In some of you, you're living in that space right now. Like those early followers of Jesus, you just don't know what's going to happen next. And there's no Lego map that you can pull out and figure out what to stick together. There's no connect the dots. You cannot see the line that's out in front of you. There are no absolutes. There are no assurances. And man, you would love to have some of those, right? Give me something that I can hold to. Give me something I can see, something that I can taste, something that I can know that will be waiting on the other side of the leaf. And whether on the other side of that leaf is a new relationship or a new child or a new career or a new apartment or a new major or a new church family or a new neighborhood, You don't exactly know what the next step or the next day or the next text message is going to bring. You're in that space in between. And today, here's what I want you to do. If if you don't remember anything else that's going to follow, just remember this. I want you to embrace your space. I want you to embrace your space. Marco, how do you say that in Spanish? Yes, that is exactly right. I, I, I just wanted to make sure that you could get that right. One more time, because you need practice with that. How do you do that? Yes, again, he did it twice in a row. Embrace your space, everybody. You don't know where you're going next. It's all right. Embrace where you are now. You're leaving one area. You do, you're not sure. Am I going to be okay where I go next? Embrace your space. It's what these early believers in Jesus did. Life as they had known it was forever changed. But what did not change was that was their belief and their trust in God. So we're told in Acts 8 and verse 4 that the believers who were scattered, well, they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. They embraced their space. And as the mobs chased them from Jerusalem, God poured them out on the rest of the world. And everywhere they went, they said, hey, I got good news for you. I got good news. And you, hey, I got some great news for you. I've got to tell you something about God. You've got to hear what God is doing. You've got to hear what's taking place. I've got good news. And when the people heard their message, and when the people witnessed their healing and their compassion, they saw their neighborhood change and were told that there was great joy. So let me stop right here and make this point. Guys, every transition and every adjustment Every crossroads, every U-turn, every space in between is the opportunity for a greater missional impact for God. You might be looking at whatever is coming next and thinking, what am I going to do? And God is looking at it and saying, wow, I can't wait till you do it. Wait till you see what I have planned for you. Wait till you see what you're going to do in this space at this time. So you're moving on. So you're moving up. So you're moving out. At least your parents hope. But you're going to go. And now you have this opportunity to be this catalyst of change in a new neighborhood and space. You have the opportunity to do something for God in a place that maybe God is waiting for you to get there in order for it to take place. You have the opportunity to announce good news to someone who otherwise might never have heard it because they never met you. They haven't been in your space before. And so what? You're unsure of what's going to happen next. You're unsure about the job. You don't know what it's going to be like raising kids. You don't know what this marriage is going to be like. You you don't know what it's going to be like to be single. But you can still praise God. You can still love Jesus. And you can still share his grace. In fact, let me share with you three things. Three quick things that you can do before you go. And guys, these things will change you. These things will change your space. 
and it will change how you view what happens next. So here's the first thing. I want you to pray where you are. Can you say that with me? Pray where you are. Now, I'm not talking about location. I'm talking about life situation. I'm talking about passionately praying about what is taking place in your life right now. Now, look, preaching is great, and I enjoy great preachers. I try to at least be a good one. But the heavens are not moved by great preachers. Heaven is moved by simple prayers of the people of God. Moved by the prayers of the people of God. And it's why Paul would say, be consistent in prayer. Don't stop. You keep praying. You say, but I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. I've never had to be up in front of people and pray, and I don't know what to say. Look, you know exactly how to pray. You've just been convinced that there is some secret sauce. You've been convinced that there is only like one certain group of people that can pray and and that if if you're not that group or if you don't have that talent or you don't have that gift, we become so accustomed to church prayers that we've forgotten about closet prayers. And I'm always shocked when I read through the scriptures of the prayers of the men and women of scripture, shocked by their haunting honesty and their shameless solicitations. And some of those prayers, guys, are absolutely terrifying. I mean, the men and women of Scripture speak to God as if he's actually listening and as if he's actually going to do something. Man, imagine praying like that, right? They say, God, what are you doing? And they say, God, I need your help. They say, God, I can't make it because the walls are closing in. They say, God, when will you rise up? God, when will you strike down? God, when will you avenge me? God, when will you show yourself to be mighty? Father, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. God, help me. Friends, before you go, before you go to whatever is on the other side of the leaf, dedicate yourself right now in the space that you inhabit to vibrantly and passionately pray where you are. Talk to God about what burdens you. Talk to God about your passions. Talk to God about what's going on around you. What's going on in your home? Talk to God about what's going on at work right now. Talk to God about what's taking place in your neighborhood. Talk to him about what's going on in the classroom. Talk to him about what's going on in your country. You pray where you are. See, you pray where you are, and God has promised to do amazing things in your midst. It's why Scripture says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray for everything. Determine to be the person who prays even though you don't know what is next. Because God promises that you will experience a peace that passes all understanding. Now listen, you probably read that passage before in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. But I want you to notice that God does not promise that when you pray you will receive a map. God does not promise that when you pray you will receive a plan. He does not promise that you're going to receive a healing. He does not promise that you're going to receive a check. He does not promise that you're going to receive a fix. But he promises that you will receive his peace. His peace. Because God knows that when you are in that in-between space, he knows that your heart and your mind, he knows it's vulnerable. Uncertainty and insecurity, doubt, and fear, they become the loudest voices. And so he provides what you need in the space 
when you can't see the other end of the line. He says, I'm going to give you peace. But God, I want a map. I'm going to give you peace. But God, I want to be well. I'm going to give you peace. But God, I want to know. I'm going to give you peace. My peace. And it will exceed anything that you can comprehend. So pray where you are. And then love who you can. Love who you can. Change happens one relationship at a time. Yeah, I know, it can be overwhelming to see the injustice and the inequality in our society, in our world, and then think, well, what in the world can I do, right? I mean, what can, what can I do about it? Change happens one relationship at a time. And your responsibility is to make a difference in the lives of the people that God has brought within your space, that God has brought within your sphere of influence. So you love who you can. Jesus once was asked by a lawyer his opinion on what the greatest command in Scripture was. And he was looking for a plan. He was looking for a map, but instead Jesus gave him a purpose and a mission. Love God with every fiber of your existence, Jesus told him. And in the same breath, he looks at the man and he says, and why don't you go and you love your neighbor just like you love yourself? You love God. You love people. Oh, and then here it sounds so simple, but here's where we just get so confused and we get frustrated. It's like, oh, but, but who is it that I'm supposed to love? I've got a book here. It's called Everybody Always by, by Bob Goff. And I know many of you have read it. But I want to share with you something that he says about this idea. He says, each of us is surrounded every day by our neighbors. They're ahead of us, they're behind us, and on each side of us. They're every place we go. They're sacking groceries and attending city council meetings. They're holding cardboard sign on street corners and raking leaves next door. They play high school football and deliver the mail. They're heroes and hookers and pastors and pilots. They live on the streets and design our bridges. They go to seminaries and live in prisons. They govern us and they bother us. They're everywhere we look. It's one thing that we all have in common. We are all somebody's neighbor and they're ours. This has been God's simple yet brilliant master plan from the beginning. He made a whole world of neighbors. We call it earth, but God just calls it a really big neighborhood. Man, I like that. We live in a huge neighborhood. That's where our space is. Finding a neighbor is not the problem. Loving the neighbor, that's the problem. Choosing to give love is where we struggle. You see, if you look like me and talk like me and vote like me and worship like me, well, man, I love you. Man, you're good looking. And I like you. We say, read what I read, listen to what I listen to, believe like I believe, and I'm going to love you. I'll eat with you. I'll go on trips with you. I'll live beside you. But loving your neighbor isn't loving people like you. Loving your neighbor is simply loving people who are near you, people who are in your space. So start in your own backyard. See, you want to make some great change that is going to change the world. Then you start in your own backyard. You start at your school. You start with your study group. You start with your office team. You start with your in-laws. You even start with your outlaws. You start where you are right now in that in-between space. We don't know where we're going to be next. But while you're here, I mean, while you're right here, then you make a difference one neighbor at a time. You love who you can, and God will make a difference in your neighborhood.
And then while you're at it, go ahead and give what you have. Give what you have. I've said it before, God is not interested in what you would do with what you don't have. All this, well, you know, if I only had more, no. If I only had more money, if I only had more time, if I only had more ability, God is not concerned with what you would do with what you do not have. But he is very interested in what you do with what he has given to you. So wherever you find yourself today, whatever that space is, wherever it is that you are standing and that leaf is in your way and you're going, I'm lost, what am I going to do? Give. Give. And you're going to make a difference. Some of you will make a difference with your money. And your generosity will go a long way. Some of you will make a difference with your home. And your hospitality is going to be greatly appreciated. Some of you are going to make a difference with your time. Because your presence is what is truly needed. And some of you are going to make a difference with your stove. And you're going to make a difference with your car. And you're going to make a difference with your phone. You give what you have. And so in the space that you're in right now, can you give forgiveness? Can you give peace? Can you give truth? How about giving some grace? Give some comfort. Maybe give some people some space. By all means, why don't you give a second chance? Give healing. Give what you have. You have been gifted by God in order to make an impact. So each of you, Scripture says, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And when you do that, we're told that we will be faithful stewards of God's grace in all of its various forms. Guys, that's why I said earlier that every transition, in every adjustment, in every crossroad, in every U-turn, in every space in between is an opportunity for greater impact. You were created to be God's change in your space. You're created to be God's change, to be his catalyst right here, wherever it is that you are. You are not created to take up space. Some of you do that well. But you weren't created just to take up space. You were created to make a difference in the space that you are in. And so maybe, just maybe, that leaf is right there in front of you right now because God needs you to stop because he needs change to take place in your neighborhood. And he needs change to take place in your classroom and in your place of business. And he needs change to take place at your church. And he needs change to take place wherever it is that you find yourself right now. And so he said, you know what? There's a great leaf right there for him. There's a great leaf falling right now for her. And I know that they're going to be all kerfluffled and just what am I going to do and where am I going to go and what's going to happen in five years? I need you to change where you are right now, God says. I need you to be my change in your space. But understand, you can't change the world until you allow God to make a change in you. You can't do it. You cannot be the change that God needs until you allow him to change you. There's some of you who are here, you need to change the way you talk. The language you use is not God-honoring doesn't draw people closer to God. It tears people down. It doesn't point people to the Savior. You need to change it. Some of you who are here, you, you need God to, to change the way you're thinking. 
You're not seeing the value that's within you. You're not seeing the blessings. You're not seeing the gifts. And you're looking at yourself and you're believing the lies of Satan that whispers in and saying, you can't do anything in this space. And there's not any space where you're going to be able to do anything for God or for anybody else. And you need to change the way you think. You need God to be able to, to change that within you. There are those of you who are here and you need to change the, you need to change the purpose for which you live. You're living for yourself. You're trying to accumulate, you're trying to get more, and you're trying to be the top dog, and you're trying to be the biggest earner, and you're trying to be the one that's at the, that everybody knows about and the name that everybody talks about, and God is way down here. You need to change your perspective. You need to change your purpose. Some of you, your whole purpose is trying to make some great change in this society, and you're trying to do it in the political spectrum and forgetting that it is God who makes changes, not presidents. You need to change your purpose. You cannot change this world until you allow God to make a change in you. See, the men and women who brought joy throughout Judea and Samaria, they had been shaped and they had been molded by the person and the message and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. They had surrendered their will to God. They had pledged their allegiance to his kingdom, and they were changed. Now, they were still carpenters, and they were still fishermen, and they were still men, and they were still women, and they were still mothers and fathers and, and sons and daughters, and they were still imperfect. But they did not allow their sinful struggle, they did not allow that to control and condemn them because they were changed. And they were examples of what could take place and the difference that could take place when Jesus moves in to their space. And when they stepped around the leaf, Guys, when those first century followers of Jesus, when they stepped around that leaf of persecution, when they stepped around that leaf of the unknown, not knowing where they were going to be and, and what was going to happen when they were scattered, when they stepped into that new space, well, that space that they inhabited was never again the same. So pray where you are. Love who you can. Give what you have. Be God's change in your space. Father, I thank you so much for those who are here this morning and for those who are, who are listening to us online and on podcast. Just thankful for this opportunity to be able to share from your word and to be reminded of, to be reminded of the fact that you are with us no matter what space that we're in. And Father, for all of us who right now have a leaf in our path, for all of us who cannot see the line, who don't know what's on the other side, who are wondering, can we, can we move from here or not? Will you allow us in the space that we are in to be the change that you need? To trust you. To come to you in prayer and to be honest and to just pour out our hearts to you. To let you know what's on our heart and our mind to to speak to you truthfully, but Father, also to listen to what it is that you would share with us. And Father, would you allow us in this moment to have our eyes open to the people around us who need love. Allow us to understand that maybe we are still right now, maybe we are in this space because there is someone, there is someone whose space is right next to us, right in our neighborhood, and they need your love to be shown. And you're counting on us to do it. Father, show us 
and allow us to be a neighbor. Allow us to give the love that you have already given to us. Let's not be so hurried to get around the leaf, to get back caught up in the line, to to be so concerned about what we're going to do in two years that we forget what we need to do in two minutes, that we miss the space that we're currently in. And Father, while we're standing here, while we're in this liminal space, allow us to be givers. Allow us to look at the blessings that you've bestowed upon us and allow us to not hold on tightly, but instead freely give like you've given to us. And let us not make excuses and let us not look about, well, if I could be like somebody else or if I had what someone else had or if I could do what others could do. Allow us just to give what you have blessed us with. Because you have, because you have given us something that is unique and something that is special. So allow us to see ourselves in that way. Father, we pray this morning that you will change the space that we are in. And that, Father, that, that you will change us. That the way we think, the way we talk, the way we walk, the way we act, the, the way in which we think about our future, the way we think about our past the way we approach our present, that all these things will be changed within us through your spirit. Father, we thank you for not wanting to leave us alone. We thank you for not wanting to leave this world the way that it is, but that you are an instrument of change. Allow us to be part of that. Change us and give us the peace to be the change in the space that we're in. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Guys, we're going to ask our Lord and Savior to be the king of our heart this morning. And maybe you need to do that, not just in the song that we sing, but maybe you need to come before this church body and you need to say, you know what? There's a leaf in front of me. And I don't know what's on the other side. But I do want to be God's instrument of change. But before that can happen, I need to change. I need God to change me. And I need to be baptized into Christ because I've never surrendered myself to him. I need to do that today. And maybe you need to come before this body and just say, church, I need your prayers because I am struggling at at being God's change in this space because I so want to get around the leaf. I so want to get to the other side. I'm having such a hard time trusting God. Before you go this morning, maybe you need to come. Maybe you need to come before this church and just be honest and say, can we just pray one of those honest prayers together? If coming before this body, if that is intimidating, if that just fills you with anxiety, but you would like to speak with someone, I want you to know that in our lobby we have a prayer room. And one of our elders, one of the spiritual leaders here at this church will be in that room and be glad to spend just a private time with you and in prayer and conversation and reading scripture with you, whatever it is that perhaps is on your heart. Guys, before you go, determine that you will be God's change in your space. You are here in this moment for a reason. Use it for God's glory. Let's stand and give him praise.